0: You're listening to a Philadelphia Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy back talking more Eagles with you guys. Um, Today, we're going to be talking a lot about Brandon Brooks. Unfortunately, he did tear his other Achilles tendon. Very brutal for the Eagles team and for Brooks himself. We're going to get into that, what it means for the upcoming season, possible replacements, and everything that um, surrounds this season unfortunate situation. But before, I want to remind you guys that this podcast is presented to you by phlsportsnation.com. Make sure you're checking us out. We're a group of hardworking fans um, covering Eagles, Sixers, Union, Phillies, Flyers. A lot of those sports are coming back into action soon, uh, NBA and NHL. So make sure you're following all the different sections. Um, If you're liking Bird's Banter, you will definitely like PHL. Eagles Nation, PHL Sports Nation, everything that comes with that, so make sure you check us out. And again, um, the goal of this podcast is to try to share as much information and intel with you guys as possible. Tuesday morning, Doug Peterson did speak to the media, so I want to kind of review what was said during that press conference. All right, first things first, we've mentioned the coronavirus and how it's been impacting NFL, college football, um, rookies, everything with that. So I want to provide an update. So a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, I guess a couple of weeks ago, um, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf said that, you know, sports can resume, professional sports can resume this summer as expected, um, which was positive. It did provide a little bit of hope, but at the same time, Roger Goodell is not going to approve any team to start practicing unless every single team is able to do so. The Eagles aren't going to be able to practice if, say, the 49ers aren't able to. Um, it's a very, very unfair advantage, especially now that teams are missing out on a good amount of time together. Um, they would have already been together by now on a normal offseason, so um, we're still going to have to wait a little bit, unfortunately. Even though it might not be coming up very soon, Doug Peterson is still you know, considering what it's going to look like when um, the team is able to come together. So they're going to be util- utilizing the Lincoln Financial Field and the NovaCare Complex to try to house these players together, get them back on the field practicing. It's going to be um, not only a good amount of time until teams are able to meet for training camp, but until they get back on the field, it's going to be even longer because I've heard that once these players are together, they're gonna to have to go through extensive testing. Obviously, football is a very um, high-contact sport. You know, the Cowboys just got together recently. Same with the Texans; a lot of them tested um, positive for coronavirus. So, people are coming from all different parts of the country. You know, you got Carson Wentz, who spends his off seasons in Houston. Deshaun Jackson loves being out in California. So, we have to be aware that although these players that are on the Eagles team, they play in Philadelphia for a couple of months or a few months out of the year. They're not always staying there. So once the Eagles are able to meet, we're gonna have players coming from all across the country. Um, There's going to be different regulations for each of these players, you know, hometowns or homes in that area. Some might be in the yellow phase, green phase, whatever it may be. They have a Chance of being infected and spreading it to their teammates. So they have to quarantine together make sure everybody's safe and healthy Um, You know, the locker room is gonna look different. The offices are gonna look different The meeting rooms are gonna look look a lot different. So there's a lot of moving pieces to this I'm hoping that it'll come into play soon and we'll be able to get the Eagles back on the field soon because you know It's kind of a dry um, part of the year, you know all in a normal off season. It's not, you know, the most exciting period right now, but I would take anything, um, you know, getting some news on how these rookies are progressing. But unfortunately, they're just not being on the, they're not able to be on the field right now. So a um, little bit slower um, compared to previous off seasons, but we did get um, a few more nuggets from Doug Peterson this morning. He said, when Alshon Jeffrey comes back, From his injury, he didn't provide a timetable. Um, Obviously, we know Doug Peterson isn't the best at doing that. He loves to say day-to-day, week-to-week, whatever it may be, but he said Jeffrey is progressing pretty well, doing well in his rehab. Um, He said he's a great leader, and when he returns to the field, whether that's week one, um, whether it's week seven off the PUP list, whatever it is, he's going to have a big um, part in the offense. So, you know, there's, there's been a lot of mixed rumors this offseason with Alshon Jeffrey, whether he's going to be traded, cut, whether he was a distraction in the locker room, everything pouring around together, um, the team is still behind his back. And I think just hearing this can kind of bring some hope to Eagles fans because a lot of people were turning their back on Alshon Jeffrey. Carson Wentz is the leader of this team. Doug Peterson and Harry Roseman are not going to... You know, publicly support someone that is going against their franchise quarterback. So the fact that they are repeatedly saying good things about Alshon Jeffrey, saying he's going to be a big part of the offense, shows me that there's really nothing to worry about. Everything's going to be okay with Jeffrey and Wentz. Um, lastly, we got a couple updates on the rookies with Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Rager, first of all, it was reported that Doug Peterson was going to plan to incorporate into the offense many different ways, not just one position, but um, many different positions as a receiver, as a runner, maybe on special teams. But now he said he's going to slow down um, Rager's role with the team. He's going to have him learn one position, and that's going to be right behind Deshaun Jackson at the Z position. It was reported that he was going to be outside, opposite of Deshaun Jackson at the X. This was kind of intriguing because the x receiver is the one that is going to be closest to the line of scrimmage if they're playing man coverage the defense that is this is the receiver that's going to be pressed the most and for jalen rager yeah he's not the smallest receiver ever like out of this draft class he's not the caliber of kj handler but he's by no means a Julio jones or amari cooper that can handle press coverage um and beat it every single time so it was kind of intriguing that the Eagles were going to start him at X, but now it seems like they're kind of slowing it back, toning it back a little bit, putting him at the Z behind Deshaun Jackson. Um, I believe he can definitely show some progression and work back over to the X position and start with Deshaun Jackson week one um, for the first snap. But right now, it looks like it's going to be Deshaun starting on one side. Jalen Rager is going to be incorporated heavily, but on the other side, maybe John Hightower, maybe JJR take a white side. And lastly, before we get into Brandon Brooks, Doug Peterson did talk about Jalen Hurts. He said he's growing a lot from a mental standpoint. He's been impressed by what he's been doing this this offseason so far. Um, keep in mind, they're just meeting virtually, so it's not like Hurts is going to be stepping on the field right now and impressing them on the field. So Doug just said that he's been doing very well with, with Press Taylor and the other group and um, being able to call plays, and he's been able to You know give it right back to the coaches and you know showing that football intelligence at a high level so that's very encouraging because a lot of scouts were saying that jalen hurts wasn't going to be a top pick in the draft obviously you know second round might have been a stretch but he was going to be maybe a third or fourth round pick to other teams that was his caliber his grade so he had a lot to work on um, in the mental game but also his physical game so it's encouraging to see that He's showing progression already so hopefully when he gets onto the football field he's going to be ready to go and make an impact if need be all right and now getting into the main topic unfortunately we're gonna to have to talk about an injury and it's coming very early normally when the eagles are dealing with injuries it's mid-season and those aren't any fun at all because the eagles are going to have to um, have a quick turnaround in just one week and replace a player we've seen it so many times last year with deshaun jackson jordan howard um, you know these players going down with significant injuries and all of a sudden the Eagles are just like what now um, they've been very good at replacing starting caliber players and still winning making playoffs three years in a row despite many 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 injuries so there is some encouragement because Eagles have handled it before um, they know what to do they can you know rally behind these backups and make sure that they're going to be competitive even with losing a player. But this one just hurts. Um, Came out of nowhere. You know, last night, or not last night, this is going to be coming out Wednesday, but Monday night, the news broke, and it was just, it was kind of surreal. Um, I didn't believe it at first. I saw one report. I was like, no, that can't be. Brandon Brooks didn't tear his Achilles. Like, what could he be doing? And then... All of a sudden, after Derek Gunn reported it, it was just boom, boom, boom. All the major reporters reporters were jumping on it. Brandon Brooks addressed everyone on Twitter and confirmed it. It's his other Achilles from that he tore um, in the 2018-2019 season when they were playing the Saints in the playoffs. So at least it's not the same Achilles. That would really put a um, a toll on his leg and the recovery process there, but... Um, on the bright side, it is that different leg, and he's gonna, you know, try to regain strength in that leg once he goes through the recovery process. But I think overall the worst part about this injury is just it was a non-contact injury. Those are you just feel bad for the players then because you can't really avoid it. Um yeah, there's there's some reports or some studies that show that warming up better can reduce the risk of these injuries but sometimes they're just freak injuries brandon brooks was running sprints ends up tearing his achilles imagine going outside trying to get some exercise you're just running sprints and then all of a sudden you go down and tear your achilles i mean it's just you know the pain for him but also you just feel bad for him because he's just trying to train and improve himself and all of a sudden he's out for the entire season Um, Very, very unfortunate, especially because Brandon Brooks is at a Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber. Um, He's been one of the league's best guards in the past four years, in my opinion, the best guard. He's been graded by PFF as the best um, over guys like Quentin Nelson, which are premier guards in this league. So Brandon Brooks is very good. He's very good in pass protection, run protection. Um, Keep in mind, a couple years ago, he's, he's overcoming this anxiety that he has. He couldn't even play a full football game. Sometimes he couldn't even step on the field because he would just be overwhelmed with anxiety. Um, He would throw up before every single game. He couldn't finish the games. He's came a long way. This is going to go down as one of the best free agent signings the Eagles have ever made because Brandon Brooks provides so much to the team. I know he has suffered some injuries, especially in big situations. Like in the playoff game against the Saints, the Eagles would have had a much better chance at winning that game if Brandon Brooks played the entire game. Um, he got hurt last year, Week 17 against the Giants on that extra point. If you guys remember, um, I believe it was a torn rotator cuff or dislocated shoulder, something in the arm area on an extra point and you know a field goal. Nobody, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, he's just been very unlucky, especially late in the season when the Eagles need him, um, especially protecting the quarterback. But um, he's just he hasn't been able to finish, and it's unfortunate for him because um, he wants to be there for the team. I know that. I would say that if there's any positive that comes from this injury, it's got to be the timing because when you think about it, the Eagles aren't even able to step on the field yet. So when there's no training camp, no mini camp, whatever going on right now, the Eagles, it's not like they need to find a replacement at this very moment. They're not midseason. If Brandon Brooks did go down week four, let's say, yeah, I would love to have Brandon Brooks on the field for at least three weeks. You know, that'd be fantastic having him in there, um, getting any use out of him this season as possible. But it's not like you need a quick turnaround and all of a sudden you're losing one of the best guards in the game. The Eagles have three months until the season starts. It's you know, pretty quick turnaround, but much better than three days. Let's say this happened right before game day. This happened to Thursday practice that would put the Eagles in a really bad situation right now. The Eagles have time to step back, look at the options. How are they going to replace Brandon Brooks? Because that's the number one question that remains for this offseason. There are, you know, a little bit of concern at running back cornerback you know the depth of those positions. Um, however, the number one priority is replacing Brandon Brooks. Is that going to be in house with somebody? Is that going to be signing someone on the market, trading for a player? You have to find that solution soon because you want to develop him. If you want, if you want to develop someone in house, a younger player, or if you need to bring someone in and teach them the offense, you need to make sure you do it. But there's not a huge rush. This is the number one priority, but it's not like you need to make a decision in two to three days. The Eagles still have time, like I said, three months until the NFL season starts. So they have some time. Um, If they bring in someone from the outside, they'll have probably several weeks until they're able to step onto the football field so he can get in on these virtual offseason programs, learn the system a little bit more. Um try to get the mental game down before he steps on the field, if that makes sense. But looking at the possible replacements, first of all, I'm like the Eagles um, with uh, Doug Peterson and the rest of the coaching staff. When someone goes down, I instantly look in-house. Who can replace them on the team right now? And my mind instantly goes to Matt Pryor and Jack Driscoll. Matt Pryor has been on the team for... A little bit now. Uh, last year, he stepped in stepped in for Brandon Brooks, week 17 against the Giants. He also played in the playoff game against the Seahawks. Um, Matt Pryor, if you guys have been listening for a while, last preseason, before the 2019 season, I was very, very, very low on Matt Pryor. I did not like the way he played at all. I think he struggled a lot. He was not on my final 53 men roster prediction. Um, I just didn't want him on the team. I thought there there were better options. The Eagles would be in a better situation trying to to develop someone rather than having Matt Pryor on the team. However, he makes the team. Okay, I'm still going to support him. He comes in, and he does okay. You know, he really improved. He played a lot better than he did in those preseason games, Um, limited his penalties, the holding calls, all of that. He played okay. He held his own. The first thing that stands out about Matt Pryor is he's huge, You know, offensive linemen are some of the biggest guys on the football field, without a doubt. But Matt Pryor is, you know, almost a man amongst boys on the offensive line. He just towers over everybody else. He's he's ginormous. Um, He's tall, he's wide, just a big body. And I think, nonetheless, if Matt Pryor is the one to fill in at right guard, all that he's really got to do, he doesn't necessarily need to play, At an all pro level, uh, that's very, very difficult to um, replace from Brandon Brooks. But all that he really needs to do is just hold the block for a couple of seconds because nobody is getting around you. You're going to have some help with Jason Kelsey in the middle. Lane Johnson is going to hold his own um, to the right side of you. But man, Matt Pryor can clog almost every single hole on the offensive line. So. Um, if he's the one, then he just got to make sure he utilizes his big frame, and um, he's going to be, I would say, above average there. The next option in-house and possibly the most interesting one that the Eagles can consider here is Jack Driscoll. Jack Driscoll was drafted by the Eagles this year, um, day three pick, and he's he was drafted for his versatility. The Eagles saw him as Someone that can play both guard positions, right tackle, and possibly move inside to center. Right now, they're not gonna put too much on his plate right now, I would imagine, because that's a lot of positions to handle. That's four out of the five on the entire line. Now, Jack was um, primarily a tackle at Auburn, but he did move inside a little bit, and before the combine, his trainer and agent and all had him start to work on um, snapping and start practicing as a center just to try to raise his value, his versatility to a team because they knew he wasn't going to be a premier draft pick for his talent at guard or center, I mean guard or tackle. So if you add that little bit of versatility, you might boost your stock and provide more value to a team. So he, does not, he doesn't have in-game experience at center, but he does have a little bit of familiarity with the position, what it takes, and has trained there for some time so he has that versatility but if you guys have listened to um, my when I um, graded and evaluated the rookies after the draft I did one for each rookie so if you haven't checked that out make sure to do that after this but um, the one for Jack Driscoll I talked about how quick he is yeah he's versatile but he's also super quick has super quick feet and he was very good at pulling those blocks on outside run plays. When at Auburn, they would run to the left to right. He would make sure that he pulled his block. He would go and get in front of that second level of the defense to try to make sure that the lane is still clear for that running back. And that's something that Jason Kelsey does very well. If you can try to imagine him running down the field, running very laterally and picking up blocks, that is exactly what Jack Driscoll was brought in to do. So considering that, his just athletic ability, I think he is a very viable option here. He needs to improve a little bit. Go back and check out my weaknesses for him. There are um, a bit for him. So he does have some work to do, but he has the foundation to be a pretty good guard. And although he's not going to be as good as Brandon Brooks, none of these guys are going to be as good as Brandon Brooks. Um, You know, He's surrounded by some of the best in the league with Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Great to learn from and great to balance out if he's not having a great game. Some outside options for the Eagles are Larry Warford. He was uh, he was with the Saints. Obviously, this is a name that's been bounced around a lot from fans, especially he's been a th- three-straight Pro Bowler. Past three years, made the Pro Bowl. Um, just kind of fell out of favor because of his contract and the way that the, the Saints took about their draft process this year. They brought in Cesar Ruiz, who could be a younger, more viable option at a cheaper price. So, um, he kind of fell out of favor there, and is still a free agent, surprisingly. So, he's probably the most skilled out there. He's more natural there at the guard position. So, um, you know, he's really good in the running game and, you know, he's been healthy. He's only missed four games. So I think he's a great option to consider. He's only 28 years old. Um, if the Eagles want to plug in somebody that can make this position a strength and not go so far down to a weakness, you gotta consider Warford because, you know, he's obviously the best option out there. Um, outside of the team what the team has right now and you know he's younger he's not going to have he's not going to be a huge um price addition because you know players lose a lot of value after the draft but um, i think he is definitely a good option to have if he fits what the eagles are looking for another option um, technically an outside name but very familiar to the eagles is jason peters now i kind of want to address this um separately because jason peters there's been a lot of back and forth this offseason. um there's been talk that jason peters will only go somewhere that he can start he's not going to start anywhere right now unless it's the eagles that's just a fact uh there's not many teams out there in the league they're going to be looking at him as a starter considering his age um just his ability overall and teams are looking to get younger um, drafted some players, so he's not going to be a starting left tackle right now unless it's with the Eagles and they don't want Andre Dillard to start. Um, but previously, last couple of seasons, when Jason Peters has been considering, or not considering retirement, but considered as a player that could retire soon, he's talked about possibly switching to guard and lengthen his career that way and trying to get somebody out there on the left side Um, at the tackle position that can you know be younger be a more viable option than Peters would be when he gets older so at the time nobody really thought anything of it because he was still going to be the left tackle for the next couple of years but now when you lose your right guard now it's like okay what does he have left um kind of want to address this because when Peters first said that I would imagine that he was hinting at left guard um Switching positions is difficult in the NFL, especially on the line. It's a very different type of you know, play style. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to have a ton of success at guard. I, I'm not doubting him, but it's going to be an uphill battle for him if he wants to switch positions, especially at that age. But like I said, he's probably considering left guard when he made that statement. Switching positions but also the entire different side of the line from left tackle to right guard, man, I I just don't see it. Jason Peters, yes, he can be brought back to the team, but I don't think he's going to be brought back as the solution for a right guard. Can he play it? I'm sure he can. I don't have really any doubts of what Jason Peters can and can't do because he's, you know, proved the world wrong so many times in his, in his career. However, is that the best option? Probably not at right guard. Um, That's a big switch for him. He's not going to be practicing a whole lot in the offseason because he hasn't the past couple of years. That's why he didn't really get along with Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly wanted him to, you know, play hard all offseason, get into this amazing shape and all the different sports science stuff that he was doing. But Peter said to him, I know my body. I know what I need to do, you know, I need to sit out. I'm going to be at my best in the season if I just rest all offseason. So it's not like he's going to be out there in the 100-degree weather all summer grinding that right guard and trying to learn the position. He's not at the age and capability to do that. So all things considered, I think the Eagles are definitely going to look in-house first. I think Jack Driscoll probably has the edge over Matt Pryor right now. I would prefer him to be the right guard. Um... Outside, Larry Warford is definitely my number one option over a guy like Jason Peters. Yes, Peters might be brought in you know, to play elsewhere, maybe not to start, but be a backup tackle. But to be brought in as solely a right guard doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So I'm looking at Jack Driscoll. I'm looking at Larry Warford for my options um, at replacing Brandon Brooks at right guard. So make sure you keep an eye on that. But um, just considering the injury as a whole and what the future looks like, for Brandon Brooks is definitely very interesting as well. As I mentioned before, Brandon Brooks did tear his other Achilles tendon two years back in the playoff game. Um, so now within two years or two years and a couple of months, he's torn two Achilles tendons, which takes a huge toll on your body. That's a lot of recovery. That's a bit. Those are big injuries. Um, yes, he is a younger player, but honestly, retirement is probably going to be in consideration after this season he's probably going to work very hard to come back i don't have any doubts on what brandon brooks can and can't do just like jason peters i'll touch on that in a second but just looking at players in the league these injuries that they suffer what these players are doing to their bodies and um, just the new era of the league of players respecting their bodies more you saw with andrew luck luke keekley retiring early just because they couldn't take it anymore. Brandon Brooks is definitely going to, I would say he's definitely going to be considering retirement, whether that's going to be a 10 minute conversation with his family. Should I do this or not? Or if it's going to be a 10 month um, conversation with many different people, is this a good move? Whatever it is, there's going to be some level of consideration because that is, those are two, even three significant injuries. If you could include the one, just a few months back, uh, week 17 against the Giants. Those are very significant injuries that he's been taking. You know, you gotta imagine that it's gonna cause a little bit of uh, trouble in his mind. But if there's one player that can overcome this, it's gotta be Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks amazes me every single time he's on the field. Like I said, he started off a couple of years ago struggling with anxiety. He couldn't even play a full season because he couldn't step on the field um i believe it was 2016 when the eagles brought him in everybody's like what is up with this guy he's you know a healthy scratch for all these games when the eagles need him on the field why can't he just play he came out and talked to everybody about it publicly apologized that it's something he's been dealing with but he vowed to improve on it after 2017 he was the best guard in the league 2018 best guard in the league 2019 best guard in the league he's definitely improved on this he made sure that he was there for his team when they needed him. But also, if you go back to when he tore his Achilles two years ago, he made the fastest recovery from an Achilles tear than anyone ever has in the history of the NFL. That when you tear a ligament in your knee, like an ACL, PCL, LCL, all of those in there, or an Achilles, the odds are already stacked against you. Whether you're trying to return to the field the stacked against you that you're even going to be the same football player. Chances are you're going to take some st- um, type of regression. You're not going to be as good as you were before. But that's if you're lucky and you even return to the football field. A majority of these players, after they suffer a big injury, either they're cut, they're younger players that haven't even got a chance to play in the league, or they just give up. And I don't want to, I don't want to say give up in a negative way, but they just say enough's enough and they retire. They don't play anymore. Brandon Brooks, the odds were stacked heavily against him. This is a 12-month recovery. Brandon Brooks came back in seven months. He was ready to play full participant in practice in seven months. That's five months, almost half off of the recovery process. That is amazing. It reminds me a lot of Adrian Peterson. Back when he tore his ACL um, several years ago, he came back and rushed for 2,000 yards. That was something that nobody's ever seen before. There's a stat out there with all of the running backs a year after they tore their ACL. They're terrible compared to the year before. However, Adrian Peterson improved. How did he do that? Adrian Peterson told everyone when he was in his recovery process and rehab, all of that, he never took a day off, not once. For the full nine months, let's say, Every single day, he was focusing on, how can I improve? How can I make sure I'm going to be in better shape than yesterday and be ready to step on the field soon? He never took a day off. That's what Brandon Brooks did. That's exactly the mindset that he has. That's the mindset he has his whole career. He wants to be there for his team and be an improvement than what he was before, no matter what the injury, no matter the anxiety, whatever the circumstance is. So, although I'm saying that he's going to possibly be considering retirement here, it couldn't be happening to a better person. Brandon Brooks is ready to come back. If you guys watch All or Nothing, the Amazon um, original show with the Eagles, he took up some martial arts or kickboxing, something like that, um, to improve his, you know, athletic ability, but also, um, you know, translatable skills to the nfl with his quickness decision making power all of that so he's very athletic he's a very good football player great guy um i'm confident that Brainerd brooks is going to come back it's just very unfortunate that he's missing the entire season but like i said if there's one positive that comes from this it's the timing the eagles have a lot of time to focus on who is going to be the replacement yes i would like them to make this decision sooner rather than later to get them into the system if it's an outside um, signing. But it's not like they need a three-day turnaround and try to win the next game next week. They have time. Everything's going to be okay. Um, Thoughts and prayers go out to Brandon Brooks. Hope he's doing okay. Hope his surgery in the near future goes well and that he comes back stronger than ever in 2021. Thank you all for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you do, make sure to follow us on social media rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform and make sure you subscribe. So next Wednesday, you'll come right back here for more birds banter and go birds.